You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, Lee Morley. Welcome. Welcome to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. We are back, your go-to source for everything related to the dynamic world of real estate in the beautiful city, our nation's capital, Ottawa. I'm your host, Paul Stevenson. I'm thrilled to be joined by my esteemed co-host, Greg Campbell, and David is not yet with us. David Warren. David Warren will be here shortly. He's en route to the studio together. Our dynamic trio is committed to delivering engaging and informative episodes. I'm scratching this. We're live. What's going on, Greg? We're back. <laughs> Scratch that chat GPT nonsense. Yeah. What's we're going live. On? This is crazy. It's like you think that we're going to come on. It's going to be elaborate. We're going to come on. Everyone's going to see us. It's like, what are they going to do now? It's like, no, more of the same. <laughs> we're the same guys. We're doing same the guys. same thing. But we little, had a break. A little older. And- and we're a little older, a few weeks older, and we're back to uh, share some share some knowledge, I hope, and learn and learn a little bit at the same time. Yeah, there's you know? been a lot a lot going on right now in the market. Obviously, headlines. Every headline you're reading, at least that we're reading, is real estate. Should we get right into it, Greg? We're live. Do we want to talk about what we're doing? What's happening in our summers? Nobody cares, do they? No Maybe. one cares. You know what though? Some people care because it also gives us time to kind of let people join in <laughs> they'll get that notification that we're live now so maybe we should just stumble well, tell us stumble tell, tell me about bit. your world champion dancers that you happen well to the with. kids won first place and second place in whistler dance world cup that was pretty uh pretty impressive pretty wild i i told that. greg his daughters are world champions he didn't he didn't want it he didn't he didn't one accept it, but it's, it just it's seems facts. it seems like a lot, but they're they're great and they did it. They kicked butt. Nine and nine and seven years old, dancing for their lives in Whistler against some of the best in the world, and we saw it. It was uh, it was incredible. It was great, great time. Yeah, the photos looked amazing. You guys did a little little sightseeing while you were there. Yes, in the mountains. In the mountains, of Whistler and Blackcomb. It's like the yeah. sound of music over there. The Campbells. It is standing like in the, the mountains music over there. Yeah, that's you what I thought of. Run, you just want to prance through the, the mountain. Side. Oh, I saw that video of you in your dress dancing through the meadows. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I did that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're and you're and you're leaving soon. You're on a little trip, little family trip soon. Yeah, we're gonna get away. We're uh looking forward to it. We're heading out west too, out yeah. to uh Banff. Uh so we went there a few years ago. I went there a few years ago, and it was at my age, you know. Uh, a little younger than yourself, Greg, but still old. Uh, at my age, at my age, uh, it's rare that you see something that's like awe-inspiring, you know. So um, yeah, and and, and uh, many people don't know this, but you know this because you, you were there. Uh, birthplace of, of me. Yes, Greg was born in. I Banff. was born in Banff. So I'm going out of respect for you, really, more than anything. Uh, <laughs> just going to show my kids where you grew up. They're like, this is Greg's home. Yeah, that's why we're. Yeah. That's the main uh, reason. Uh, no, but we're looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Uh, we've actually, uh, we haven't been on a on a family trip together since pre-COVID. So it'll be nice to just kind of, you know, get the suitcases out, get on the plane, do the whole thing. It'll be uh, lots of good memories and yeah, something that I'm really excited for. And I think be a lot it's going to be amazing for sure, for sure. And oh, Dave was away. Uh, he's going to have to, he's going to miss the intro, unfortunately. He's probably tuning in live from his car. So he has been away, but we'll let him speak for himself when he gets back just so we're not. Uh, yeah, we'll have to like, you know, give Dave a little slap little ruler to the hands ruler to the wrists uh we should say we are live so on youtube uh there is a, a portion there where you can chat so certainly throw in any questions you have there uh producer steve will throw them up on the screen so we can see them so we're not missing anything and we got lots to cover i'm sure a lot of people have questions about where's the market going what's happening with these rates what the hell's tip macklem doing at the helm over there and uh Definitely. what's happening with these lowered inflation numbers lots of there's a lot of a lot of headlines a lot of Clickbait, Laurentian selling, what? Uh, Osfi's changing rules. Uh, there's so many things that are happening right now in the market. Uh, I can start by at least what I'm seeing uh, before we get into specifics, because I feel like, you know, I know Greg is, or sorry, Dave's definitely going to want to uh, uh, comment and discuss the um, the rate increase last week and, you know, uh, yeah. all of that stuff. So for me, what I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of uh, newly self-employed people. So this is something that, you know, yeah. you maybe would have thought of but 
I guess coming out of COVID, a lot of people working from home, a lot of people started kind of, you know, side hustles, as you might want to call them, or, or part-time self-employment. Uh, and they've taken that on full-time kind of throughout COVID. So I've seen more people now that have, uh, you know, maybe a year to a year and a half of self-employment. And I've seen lenders and insurers, CMHC has actually accepted for one client, um, we had a full one full year last year, 2022, and then they actually used like a year to date for 2023 and did like an average of the of the year and a half. Uh, other times I've seen CMHC use if they were in a similar industry previously, if they were in consulting or something with the government and now they're doing their own consulting, same industry as you know, it's a bad example, but you get the idea. Um, in that case, they'll actually use like a two or three year average of their income. So, you know, a portion of their salary, portion of their self-employment, mm -hmm. and then kind of a year to date. So pretty interesting. Like it seems lenders and the insurers are, are willing to be creative in getting people approved. Um, and I would also say that, you know, even with these rate hikes, it seems like people are still shopping, asking questions. It, it, it seems, I know we talked about this before we went on the break, but it seems like people are undeterred by these rate increases like it, it kind of is what it is now i've even you know last week i went through all of my pre-approved clients and basically you know anyone that was pre-approved on a fixed rate it basically went through or variable rate excuse me and explained to them the impact bond rates are up recently which i know we'll talk to with dave as well uh, but that's forcing fixed rates up so anyone pre-approved on a fixed rate has to be re-pre-approved again unless you know that that rate is locked in so people are just they're they're accepting of it. They understand it's a moving landscape. You know, they're get, they they kind of know what they're getting into. And I think realtors and mortgage agents have done a really good job of explaining to people what to expect when getting into the market. Like this is the current landscape we're in. These are the rates we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't think there's that 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 same sticker shock as there was. You know, so reaching out to these people with regards to their pre-approval, some people maybe, you know, their pre-approval might have lowered twenty thousand, twenty five thousand, and it's. Just kind of but like, okay, like thank, you know, appreciate it. Yeah, we're going to keep shopping. Like, we'll find something. So, yeah, it, it doesn't seem, you know, it's shifting people's targets, but it's not certainly not deterring people, at least what I'm seeing. However, um, I, I will say something about that is that yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I see the same thing. However, I will say that based on the late start that we had this year, and I think if you go back in past episodes of Torep, you know, towards the uh, beginning of the year, we thought because it started late that it would just steamroll through summer, um, which it hasn't, it didn't last year. Uh, we also predicted that on Torah. And this year, I think it was, we kind of assumed that it may, but the, I think with the rate hike right before summer and with it being summer, everyone just kind of said, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm down. I can do stuff, but mm -hmm. I'm also going to just kind of take a step back. Yeah. No one seems like, in a rush, which is no kind one's, of, no I think one's that's in a rush. Difference. So it's yeah. like, so it's two things. Like I agree 100% with what you're saying that people are just kind of like, whatever, this is what I can do. I'll do it. But I think there's a pause on it again, which is a typical summer in Ottawa, which we didn't really think was going to happen. I think a, a lot of realtors, thought that it was just going to steamroll right through to the fall. Um, yeah. But now with this change and, you know, people just, you know, doing a typical Ottawa summer, but of course that doesn't no, that's not real. Right. Yeah. Well, people are now it's, it's that time of year. People are at the cottage, they're camping. It's like, okay, well, let's just wait. We'll wait till September, September, October. Uh, now, you know, with the inflation numbers coming out today, I'm sure, you know, anyone who's tuning in might've heard uh, inflation numbers came out either down to 2.8% um strongly uh that was i think uh that was primarily based certainly not on uh housing costs uh primarily based on i had it written down here oh uh lower energy prices so gas prices have come down slightly uh and decline of goods pricing which i think year over year is still up like nine percent i think i saw earlier like the price of groceries and things like that so kind of surprised to see a decline there um, but some of the other numbers, there's 60,000 new jobs created in June. And that's obviously driven by uh, like immigration and, and new Canadians. Mm -hmm. So in June, 84,000 new Canadians and 60,000 new jobs. So there's kind of this weird thing happening again with inflation, where the immigration is actually adding both demand and supply to the economy in the sense that, um, you know, it, it creates inflationary pressure on everything uh, and deflationary price uh, deflationary on wages in the sense that like it's it's helping mm -hmm. the employment side of things it's avoiding job shortages 
Um, and it's adding consumer spending, but it's also adding to the demand for housing, which is why, you know, we're seeing kind of what we're seeing right now, or as you said, like there's kind of that summer break happening right now, but there's still a lot of people active in the market looking for homes. Uh, and I don't think we're going to see as much of a decline as people expect. Like I know, you know, Tiff was saying the last time they raised rates, they saw a real, you know, halt in the market, but that was also, as you said, that's like going into May, June. I think a lot of people were just like, ah, fuck it. We'll just that's all that it is. For a few months. That's all that it is. I, I don't think they're that like, yeah, it's not, it's not a thing. It's uh, I think it's determined on just people being ready for summer up here and it's tra traditional Ottawa, Ottawa changes, right? I'm looking at, I'm looking at a question here on YouTube from Sasha 9075 <laughs> Toronto freehold prices are down hundred K month over month in June. How's Ottawa's how's Ottawa comparatively holding up? We're down 4%, uh, you know, since like through June. So definitely not the same thing, but also a different market. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see something that drops that drastically. I also think that that's a very, I don't think that that's a good number to look at because you're not paying attention to the neighborhoods specifically. That's a very vague uh, mm -hmm. interpretation of the marking 100k you know month over month in june that doesn't really make a lot of sense because some neighborhoods may be down 10,000 you know some uh some with you know with stronger numbers will be down like 100,000 you really got to look at the neighborhood ottawa's doing doing okay we sold uh let me just do this quickly here you know in june uh, we had a decrease down uh, 4% uh you know from 2022 still on par with with 2023 prices Condominium class is, a, is an increase up from last year. Year to date, um, we have a 10% decrease uh, from 2022. So, you know, again, you know, to be fair, we're still, you know, maybe maybe it's a little bit more accurate, but it depends on the neighborhood. And Yeah, uh, prices May to June didn't change. They're basically at they didn't par change. in Ottawa. And I think, Ju I think yeah. July, we're probably going to be maybe slightly up. Like I would say probably on par again. And then I think leading into you know September, August, September, et cetera, I think we're going to see prices start to creep up again. And you know, with the inflation numbers looking like maybe more likely that there won't be a rate hike in September, I think that's going to stimulate the market even further. Uh, and I'm you know putting an optimistic prediction that we're probably going to see that prime lending rate come down maybe twelve months time, like nine to twelve months time, we'll see that rate start to come down again. 2025 so seems to be the new prediction, right? Yeah. Well, it's they also, yeah, we'll see. Dave, this welcome. Was, this was also welcome, gentlemen. supposed to happen. David, how are you? I'm good. I'm racing through, uh, again, out, out, uh, traffic lights and stormy weather. And sorry for my, uh, my tardiness. Yeah, it's, like a hur it's like a hurricane outside. Suddenly outrageous. I'm looking out the window here. It's, it is outrageous. outrageous. Uh, it's apologies ice. to everyone, to all. That's okay. For sure, we're just we're talking about all the announcements. The Bank of Canada increase, the the inflation rate. I mean, the whole uh, the whole kit and caboodle. It's here. almost like there's been four weeks of news that we haven't touched on. Well, yeah, yeah and I'm seeing the questions slowly <laughs> roll in here. This is great. I think it's going to be a, a fun time. Let's get into some I, of these questions. I think here. I think the oh. I'm sure you already touched on it, the inflation side of it. It's yeah. really interesting. And I know the three of us were kind of uh, chatting back and forth a little bit today about it. Uh, with inflation being down at 3.8, you know, what we saw with the U.S. numbers come in. Uh, it's going to be interesting as well. Tomorrow, Wednesday the 19th, uh, the retail data comes out for Canada. I think that will be interesting to see. I think that'll have a big impact on, you know, where things are at. You know, inflation's down, but what that retail data is saying, um, I think for from an inflationary standpoint, um, because I know we were talking about it, it's kind of like a self self fulfilling prophecy of you know inflation being at two point eight, it was at three point one. But when you remove the continuously increasing uh, mortgage payment interest payments on mortgages from inflation, it is significantly lower. So um, yeah, and the thing that's funny about Tiff too is like every time Tiff Macklem, every time he says like makes an announcement, it's like. Uh, uh, his threat is basically raising rates. Like I think before he said, like we need more population growth or else rates are going to have to go up. 
And now he's saying the immigration and population growth is Dude. actually causing rates to stay up. It's like, it's like, a, like he's just throwing, kind of throwing darts. Like I, I'd like to think obviously that he, you know, he has better foresight than I do given his role uh, and can see what's happening in the economy. And, and, you know, you have to assume maybe that they're, they're doing this and it's actually going to, you know, benefit everyone long-term. Um, but it's just funny. It's kind of like, you know, here's my demands. And if you don't do it, I'm raising rates, you know, it's like I think this, they're uh, just making fun of us. I think they're just yeah. making fun of Canadians. <laughs> But I think so to Henrod's question, um, saying welcome back, fellows. The uh, question about BOC, the Bank of Canada's 2% inflationary target is 2% based on anything, just wondering broader policy. This is something they brought in um, quite a while ago and, and by quite a while within the last 20 years of, of having that target of 2 to 3%. This is not something that has ever really been like this isn't historical of like that this two to three percent inflation target has been there. Um, so it's not based on broader policy, really, you know, to anything that we you guys touched on before I came on was federal, the feds and the bank of Canada don't talk. What you know, and so the policy of what the feds are doing is not aligned with, you know, really it is contradictory to what the bank of Canada is trying to do raising you know in spending in the economy for non-infrastructure items is going against what the bank canada's objective is of driving down inflation which is you know you need less spending in the economy and so when you have an over you're you're being overstimulated that's you know going to drive inflation um you know huge swaths of money coming in from immigration and students and things like that of a million last year the first first mm -hmm. quarter of this year mm -hmm. was 500,000 that yeah. already came in for 2023 there's obviously going to be an issue with house with housing and there's going to be an issue with inflation you're bringing in new money new demand um and so that's it the the two policies are not necessarily aligned and 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 bank Canada is their mandate is to operate independently of the federal government, just like the Fed, the the Federal Reserve, and the Feds in um, in the U.S. is to operate independently of the government in in the U.S. They're not supposed to be fully, but um, so that that's something newer of of it uh, of that target amount. Yeah, and the Bank of Canada is like their only goal is to tame inflation. Like that's like their primary objective, and inflation is basically just at a very simple term Henrod is just like how much more do you have to spend on the same items in your day-to-day -day life this year compared to last year like how much of how much is the price the cost of living basically increased from last year and that's kind of what they're basing that number on now I was saying day before you came on that in June for example there was 60,000 new jobs created which sounds great but there was 84,000 new Canadians that came into the country so now yeah. you know there's a shortage of jobs again so it's kind of like this you know but but also the immigration Again, we well, I kind of touched on this before, but um, it actually helps in the sense that it avoids job shortages because there's new people and new spending and everything, like you said. Um, but then it also creates a demand for housing and for all those other things. So it's kind of like this weird uh, circle that we're in. Like, you know, you can't if you if they lower rates now, which would lower inflation further, well, then it's going to cause probably a huge stimulation in the housing market, which is going to drive prices up, make the cost of living more expensive for most people and rent is going to increase and uh, everything goes up. So it's kind it, of like, how, what, what is the solution? What, what's the, it, it, you know, it's certainly a challenging um, to exactly what you're saying. It's, it's very challenging and I don't envy the bank of Canada or the, the finance, like finance minister and, and, and having to figure out like exactly is that, is that, you lower in one area, like I was uh, speaking to a first-time homebuyer yesterday, and she understands that the rates are what they are, and that friends are telling her, well, why don't you mm -hmm. wait for rates to lower? But she understands mm -hmm. that when rates lower, demand is going to increase, and so will prices. Mm -hmm. And so, like, understanding that getting in now, and we kind of talked about, you know, date the rate. And so we talked about, like, if if it's something where you're looking to buy as an investment to flip next tomorrow, then it's probably not a good time for you because it's not an increasing market. Mm -hmm. If you're looking, and as you should be looking, is that you're looking to buy and to live there and put a roof over your head instead of renting mm -hmm. and to live there for a long period of time, 
than you should have bought yesterday. Better time is today, and the next best is tomorrow. And 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 kind of forget about that rate and just make focus on it fitting your budget. Um, and I think that's going to be really, you know, it's vitally important over the next period of time. But I don't envy the um, the bank account and, and and exactly that of just managing that demand and supply and obviously the housing and there's other there are other aspects into it. And we kind of look at it as a, a microcosm. I of think, real I estate, think there's but. something that, uh, you know, we all need to really consider, whereas like the world right now is a completely different place than it was in the past where these things could be kind of predicted and targeted and whatnot. And what we've seen in the last few years and where the world is going right now, not just Canada it's unpredictable. And so to your point, Dave, when you say like, you know, you feel for what's happening is that these people that are making these decisions, they don't really know, because something like this has never really happened globally, like the things going on in the world right now have never happened. And a lot of stuff is changing. So then, you know, people are infiltrated by the media, you know, we hear what we hear, we have to do what we do and just see what's in front of us and try not to be distracted by everything going on. But there's no re real right answer and it's not going to get any easier i think it's only going to get more difficult because you know like you said these people are trying to make decisions what they think is best based on what they know on history and history in my mind right now is completely irrelevant because yeah. you know that it's you know you work with historical data and to some extent as we've talked on the show it makes sense like the cycle of ottawa real estate it makes sense but as of right now i don't i don't know if it makes sense anymore like, you know what I mean? You look at that historic 20 year cycle that we always talk about. Like, I don't mm. think that's going to be the same thing in 20 years. It's like, it's, it's a roller coaster, but you just have to kind of like look at what's in front of you and make the decisions because the people that are making these calls and, and choosing what's what and the inflation, the rates and everything, you know, they don't, they don't know. I don't think they, know. I still think like we've, we've talked about this all year, but I still think we're in a very unique position where, and I know people are going to hate me for saying this, but I feel like the auto market is and maybe Toronto, maybe Vancouver, like prices have dipped, but I just don't like there is forever a lack of supply. Like there, I just don't see mm -hmm. how with the immigration we have, with the jobs being created, with uh, just the lack of supply currently, I think we're going to inevitably see prices go up. Like I think the last dip that we saw, Absolutely. we were talking about like a dead cat bounce at the beginning of this year, and it's going to plummet in the next six months but like i think we will see maybe some distressed selling i think this last rate hike is something where it was kind of like maybe the straw that broke the camel's back as far as people's ability to withstand it i think people are not at their breaking point but they're fearful of another rate hike which would then push them even further so i think we will see some distressed selling which will probably i think stimulate the market but i don't know what impact that'll have on prices you would think it would drive it down but i think if there's enough properties they're going to get purchased really quickly just because of the demand. And then we're going to see prices bounce out and then go up again. But what do I do? Cash, I, I don't, I don't think ahead. that the, any distress selling is going to um, create added supply in the market. There's like, those are going to get plucked up mm -hmm. by an investor or by that family that's looking or whatever it may be, because people are waiting and I still and looking for a deal and understanding yeah. like that lady yesterday that I was speaking with, um, understand the market um, and know and understand that we just got to fit our budget right now and what our so let's look for what fits our budget now and what we want to put a roof over our head at. Um, but I, uh, Canadians, we have one of the highest per capita um, or the highest per capita home ownership figure like ratios in the world. You're Europe the U S it's predominantly renters. And, and so Canada is predominantly like, and in crazy high figures of ownership, people do will definitely, we're going to see consumer debt uh, defaults increase like on credit cards, lines of credit as this high rate environment continues because it's bumped up all those uh, credit facilities. Those will go. I think we'll see that increase and on car payments and all of that. But I, I don't foresee there being a, a big spike, even though this can, even though this will continue. And I do agree, Paul, I think it'll take nine months a year for us to start seeing some 
some decreases in prime, but I think we're still going to see people making their payments on their mortgages. I agree. They're not, we're not going to see the defaults. I think default numbers are going to stay very low. Maybe distressed was uh, aggressive. More so, I think people are going to look at downsizing, like maybe moving to the Smith Falls or somewhere it's actually more affordable. They have more cash flow. They can actually breathe for a few extra years as opposed to being house poor. You know, I mm-hmm. think that we might see more of that people downsizing, which is historically not like unless you're going into retirement and you're typically like, okay, we don't need this huge house anymore. Kids are, you know, we're empty nesters, et cetera. But I think we may see families start looking at at that sort of downgrade, which again is just going to make more people like I don't think those properties are going to sit on the market. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to get scooped up quickly, the ones that are listed. But I'm saying, I guess in the short term, because of these this rate increase, I think those there's gonna be more of those conversations happening of like, what should we do with our finances? Like we can't we can't mm-hmm. afford four more hikes, five more hikes. So like what I think people are having those tough conversations now, as opposed to maybe the first couple where it's like. Ah, it'll bounce out, you know. Mm-hmm. The ba- the budget will balance itself, you know. It'll it'll figure itself out. Just cancel it. <laughs> um, Just cancel the Disney. What was that? What was that comment? I couldn't believe it. Like I had to research it because I Just saw that. Ca- cancel the on. Disney Plus subscription. The, the and the whole ba- thing and the- on, yeah, right. The whole the whole thing of uh, you know under the conservatives, uh, you know your mortgage you would be paid off in twenty five years, and under 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 the liberals, it's uh, you have to save for twenty five years to get a house. And then I looked, I did some research on it and it's pretty like it's accurate based on even like the last five years, it was 17 years, 19 years, 21 years, and then now it's 25 years. So it's like, how is that even like, you know, you never see that really promoted until recently, obviously, because, you know, they're trying to change, change, change the uh, narrative, change the narrative, which is, which is great, but it's, it's like, wow, to think about that. You have to work for 25 years on average for the average income to save for a down payment. And then in 25 years, what, like, how do you even, like, are we, are we even here? Like, are we here in 25 years? Like, I don't even know what that means. It's such a weird thing to, to think about. Like for someone just to think that there's somebody who's listening to that and mean like, okay, I need to save for 25 years to get a mortgage and actually like, to down payment for more and actually think like, okay, I can do this. Like what? Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely no sense. And it's not, it's not reality. Obviously. I well, thought that was too, wild. People talk about the, you know, the interest rates being at 18% and so on. Uh, yeah. And you know, the, the argument is obviously, well, homes were 30,000, 40,000 or whatever, 50,000 back but then. That's what I mean. Like but whatever. But, I mean, but it's the, it's the, the, the multiplier of your income to the house prices. Like back then, you know, you might be buying a $50,000 home, but your income might've been, Twenty thousand a year, so it's you know two and a half times. Yeah, your, it's all your income. It's all, it's now all it's like ten x your your it's, income. It's all you need to buy a house, right? To buy the average. But just house. the the idea of actually putting that in people's heads that you need to save for twenty five years. I'm just like, well, save mm-hmm. for something else. Yeah, invest invest in something else. If that's if if you're seeing that, you know what I mean. Like, there's ways there's ways to do this. I think we should get into some of these questions. I'm seeing a yeah. lot pop up here. So uh, Lee says, how do lenders view this? If my full, how do lenders view this comma, uh, colon, if my full mortgage payment is interest and I'm looking to buy another place, what's the view of lenders and insurers? Just to clarify, I have a variable rate oh. mortgage. Oh, I missed the second part. And if my full <laughs> payment is now all interest, do lenders count? It as a strike against you for another purchase. So really they're looking at your mortgage payment of what it is. They're not actually looking at how much is going to interest, how much is going to principal. There are, I believe it's four, three institutions that have the fixed, like variable rate mortgages or VIRMs, as you as you mm-hmm. put it, uh, where your payment is locked in based on what you, what, based on the interest rate you had on closing. And it's locked at that, even as prime goes up or prime goes down. It's the amount of interest going to, like in that payment, the amount uh, of interest in principal are, are fluctuating. So there, for those that don't know the the static payment variable rate mortgages, uh, their banks for your next qualifying and insurers are only looking at what your payment is. You can voluntarily increase your payment with that institution and it's um, to, to put that up, but they're not holding it against you because it, that is 
that program and that is that product. And it's not, it's not to do anything with like your situation, if you will. It's just that, that that's that product. They're not, it's not being held negatively against you. So if you qualify for another purchase, you qualify. They're not holding it against you by any means whatsoever. Uh, some just maybe think of this when you said that, Dave, but Ospie's actually um, talking about changing the rules so that those static payment firms basically don't exist. Like they're, they're, that's the office of the superintendent of financial institutions. Uh, but they're talking about uh, basically getting rid of those static variable rate mortgages, or at least they're proposing it, whether or not it's actually going to happen, who knows, but um, yeah, there's a lot of people I think now that have hit that trigger rate where, you know, they're paying only interest or maybe no principal at all. So now they've hit their trigger rate and some people's like banks are confirming people have like, you know, 50, 60 year amortizations now because of the fact that they haven't been paying off principal. So that requires either the lenders to, you know, adjust their policies or make a lump sum or increase your payments dramatically. Uh, I, I, foresee, I foresee it it actually being changed to a fluctuating to like mm. the fluctuating payment. Um, I believe it's TDRBC, CIBC, CIBC. that are the static. Mm-hmm. Um, the remainder, Scotiabank, uh, BMO, they do, you know, your other, your monoline lenders. These are lenders that solely focus on mortgage lending, like First National or MCAP or RFA or Strive or any of these they all fluctuate. So as your, as prime goes up, your payment does as well. Um, so it's, it is quite a big portion of the market that does that have variable with these lenders that their payments do adjust. And I think that's, it's likely offseat will make that change. I, I, I think because they're, they're going to get pressure from the bank of Canada because prime increasing that prime hasn't put the hurt on the marketplace that they're looking mm-hmm. for in order to, speed up the um the 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 uh inflation numbers and and spending in the in the marketplace because those lenders of TD and RBC and and CIBC have a huge market share of mortgages and though so those static payments are not they're they're able to go about spending as if you know nothing changed with variable right. or with bank prime uh whereas like the whole purpose of Bank of Canada increasing was to put, you know, and we said it many, many episodes ago before this break of they're looking for blood in the streets and the blood is not there. They, the sharks are circling, but uh, they're not able to eat. And uh, there's all sorts of videos over social media last week when the rate, when they announced the rate hike and they're showing people at Costco, you know, overflowing carts and people Mm -hmm. at the, at the music festival doing this and like, didn't just like, didn't change anyone's. But we have seen a huge increase in consumer uh, debt. Yes. I believe it was down to uh, Canadian consumer debt, I believe, coming out of the pandemic was down to 78 billion. Still crazy. Uh, however, is surpassed what it was uh, pre-pandemic and is, and is up to 90 billion in uh, com- since coming out of the pandemic, which goes to show you that people are not, you know, they've eaten up their savings which mm-hmm. we were at record highs during the pandemic of savings, record lows of or, or records amounts of, of debt being paid down. Uh, and so we've come out in a very short period of time of like a year and escalated credit card and line of credit debt, depleted savings. And so people are still going about their day, but this is where it's like lagging numbers for inflation that it can take upwards of six months for every rate increase. Uh, so I think I think there's still quite a bit of hurt to come from on on the consumer debt standpoint, but yeah, it's like it just it talking. just seems it just seems in general it's like you know it's like just just hold like everyone's just got to hold even with like if you got a loan you're paying interest just hold mm-hmm. like, you can get through it like everybody can get through this it's it's unfortunate for the people that maybe may have gotten scenarios where they just they can't do it even though they probably can. You know, and they're selling or liquidating quick, quicker than they than they need to because they're scared because of everything that they hear. But I mean, this is one of those times. It's like you know, if you're in trouble and you can, if you can manage, you just hold. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know, I have some clients that are just you know they're on that that interest only, and it's just like you know it's temporary, man. Like if you can do it for twelve months, in the end, it'll be it'll be okay. We mm-hmm. hope, 
I mean, again, like we don't really know, but it's, it's just one, it's one of those things like you can, you can uh, think that, you know, because of history, you know, everything will be okay. But again, like I said earlier, it's unprecedented. We don't know what's going on. I want to, I want to ask, answer this question that I got on, on Instagram, if you guys don't mind yeah. here, uh, before I forget. So he asked the question, some of this has been answered. Uh, how are real estate values holding up with such high interest rates? I, you know, that's part of it. Do you feel there is a low supply? Absolutely. Is the influx of people coming to Canada propping up values? Absolutely. Do you think there will be more insolvencies as people start renewing with the higher interest rates? Maybe we touched on that. How are people qualifying at 8%? I find that that's an interesting question because, and, and you guys would know better than, than I, like 8%. Are people qualifying at 8% currently to get that rate, which is around like what, 5.5? So they're qualifying, just not at the dollar amount that they're wanting to. Right, but they're qualifying around they're that. They're qualifying for a mortgage, just not the mortgage that they're but at, but at But at 8%, that's where it's at right now? Uh, yeah, like a, a fixed rate at 5. If you're insured at 519, let's say, you're qualifying at 719. And if you're going okay. variable at you know 6.3 today, then you're qualifying at 7.3. Or sorry, 8.3. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, it, it is in that above. seven. Yeah, it is in that that like seven, mid sevens to mid eights. Um, yeah, it is it it is challenging. Like I I was running through with an agent today of like, hey, I'm trying to refinance these people to buy another. Like, can you? And we went through, and I'm just like, yeah, no, okay. they just don't qualify. Like, it's as simple right. as that. There's no there's no way around it. Like, I'm sorry to tell you, um, but there's just, there's no solution. Yeah, that's I was saying so before, before, you, before you came on, Dave, that people seem very like undeterred. Like, I, you know, you reapprove, pre-approve someone say, Hey, your buying power is down 25, 30,000. It's kind of like, okay. Like people aren't, there's not that same, like, you know, what are we going to do now? Uh, there's nothing available. Like, it seems like, you know, homes are sitting. It seems Greg ones that aren't turnkey are sitting a little bit. Yeah. Um, and so I don't feel like people have any urgency. Like they're just kind of like, okay, our targets changed and we'll just keep rolling and see where we end up. It's kind of so just it like, it seems so like the next 12 months or like, it seems like cash is king for the next year, basically in terms of like, if you want to buy a house or if you're an investor, if you have money like cash, yes. you're going to be, you're going to be okay. Versus like you're saying they can't qualify to get that second property because they don't have the equity. I mean, maybe they have the equity, but they don't qualify. They can't. Yeah. So that, whatever, right? So it's cash is king right now. For sure. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. No, and I mean, that's no different though from a lot of other yeah, times. No, but, fair but fair to, enough. But I'm just saying it's one of those times if you're an investor and you have, if you're sitting on cash, yeah. you know, you're going to, there will you, be good you can weather it. Like you can, you can do that 50, 60% down payment or, or, or even less, but weather it, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and like lose in the short term, but in the end, you know, it, it turns around and that's yeah. it's a powerful position to be in. I agree. So I, I, think I, I had a chart. I, I know there's another question there. I just wanted to say the, I had a chart that I was in reference to your comment, Dave, about the, the debt in Canada. So there's the total outstanding debt in Canada by product type. Uh, I sent it to Steve, but I'm not sure if he, uh, he got it. I couldn't save it for whatever reason, but it's 80, basically 82% of outstanding debt in Canada's by mortgage this is by like product type so 82% 83% is mortgages like 3% line of credit probably 5% auto loan 7% credit card That's and then it. all other credit wow so it's like primarily almost all uh almost all mortgage and HELOC debt mm -hmm. which is interesting that's 82 well, is it is interesting especially when we talk about how everyone's paying their mortgage and that the the debts that they're getting in trouble for or insolvent is with credit cars whatever yeah. but when you say it's that low of a number like that's nothing it's it's wild or that just the mortgage debt is so high that it makes the other numbers look minuscule right. you know like cuz home prices are so yeah. outrageous no kind of go um i'm going to touch on a question that i know um was on the last episode we did, um, but I think it kind of ties in well with this of what somebody's qualifying for versus like an affordability question. I have an exactly that. I have an affordability question as we are potential home buyers. Uh, what is a reasonable percentage of our take-home pay 
to spend on a mortgage plus condo fees if it's condo. Uh, I know there are certain qualifying criteria based on a percentage of gross pay, but I'd like uh, a guideline on net pay from a qualifying perspective. Uh, but from a personal budget perspective, just because I can qualify for four times our income doesn't mean that that is an affordable amount. I think to this question from this Will Faulkner is like, it kind of ties into that qualifying side that we're talking about of like, what do you qualify for, you know, at that 8% or whatever, maybe you might qualify for an amount based at 8%, but that's not factoring in your life circumstance. So to this Will Faulkner's question of like, maybe you have kids, like that person that is qualifying based on 8% for that home and you qualifying at 8%, like your situation is different. Do your personal budget, Mm -hmm. break it down. Maybe you have kids and they don't, or you have three and they have two. That's going to change things. Or you're, you know what I mean? Or you're single, like everyone's personal situation, or you've taken on a big car loan, or you've, um, or you like to go out for dinner way more frequently than the next person. So that like by and large percentage of how much you should spend from a personal budget perspective, break down what you're spending on a regular basis. Where can you, where can you cut? Maybe you're saving for, you, you mentioned in that question of, you know, looking in the next three years, break down what you're spending now. Where can you cut to maybe save that down payment to like buy, like if a homeownership is a goal to buy quicker but also to be cognizant of what you're spending. And, and so that when you're qualifying for a mortgage, you're getting that mortgage payment. You're looking at what the property taxes are now, utilities, and factoring in the fact that all those qualifying ratios don't take into account your furnace breaking down, your air conditioner breaking down, you know, a leak somewhere or a window broken or insurance. So be cognizant as all of which will mortgages. Happen. Yeah, they all that, that's home ownership. <laughs> you mentioned getting a new condo. You're right. You don't have to worry about like, you know, in that question, they commented about a condo. They don't you don't have to worry about a roof or the windows mm-hmm. or, you know, some of those main components. But there's still stuff that comes up. There's still and, that's and not factoring groceries. $900 a month for that. Yeah, there's still not security. groceries. There's not, there, you know, it's not going out to eat or or regular spend or a birthday or this or that. So I think as you're getting into home ownership. Um, do your numbers don't over like overstretch. And I know a lot of people are getting co-signers because it is at 8% to qualify and that's all fine and dandy, but I get your rate is still at six or 5%. Mm-hmm. Like look at the payment, look at what you're spending on a day to day. Don't bullshit yourself of what you're spending. <laughs> don't try to like, be like, Oh, well, I'm going to change my habit on this just because I got a home. That's not, like that's wishful thinking in a lot of cases, unless you can, unless it's kind of becomes habit of saving on that, in that, in that area, but uh, do the, do your budget and be realistic with yourself um, and then give yourself a buffer mm-hmm. because life happens and life happens with the home life happens in general. And so, yeah, running, running thin and just getting that mom and pop or friend or, or, or sibling to co-sign can get you that home. But Again, you need to be cognizant of where you are uh, in your day-to-day expenditures. Yeah, 100%. And I've seen, uh, I've had a few people finally, uh, you know, I've had conversations up to two years ago with people that wanted a certain type of property. Probably sound like I'm repeating myself, even though we've been off for four weeks, but I've had people I've been working with for, you know, a year and a half or two years that wanted something their pre-approval kept going down and down. They wanted the house. They wanted like, they wanted the yard. They wanted everything. And I kept saying to them from the beginning, I'm like, you don't, if you want my advice, I'm like, you don't need it. I'm like, buy a smaller property. You can move into it or not, or you can stay renting where you are. You know, two years later, they ended up buying that exact property. And now, now they're in it. They just kind of accepted it, but it took them that long to get it through their head that they didn't need to be in their dream home. You know, I know we've talked Mm. about this at length many times, but it just happened. Like I had two buyers that finally committed to that and they're happy. You know, they're also, they're, they're able to purge where they're at right now. They're getting rid of stuff. They've committed to moving into a smaller home that fits in their budget that they've had a good down payment for. And now they can build their equity. They can stay there for a couple of years and they can move on. And it's, uh, you know, it's just, there's, there's always opportunities. People just really have to, 
I don't know, listen to themselves or stop listening to themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe watch more Torah. But I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Um, there's a question on the live uh, from a DH in Lee's situation. So above, we were talking about the static variable rate mortgage payment and whether lenders will count as a strike against them. Uh, he says, he or she says, uh, in Lee's situation, will the lender allow a new interest-only mortgage after renewal? Again, the bank you're going to is looking at the payment. Mm-hmm. That's it. They care about the payment for qualifying at that point in time. That's it. They're not, they're not factoring whether you're paying down principal or not. So, Yeah, so I think in that sense, DH, you could, if interest-only is going to be, like it sounds like, he's basically only paying interest right now just because of the rate. But, you know, if he were to go into, you know, a secured line of credit, for example, that would be like actually an interest only payment. So if rates made more sense, then you're actually paying off a decent amount of principal. The thing is now people are on 25, 30 amortizations with their variable rate and they're just paying off no principal. You know, they're making a $3,000 payment and 2,500 of it is going to interest or Mm -hmm. 2,600. Mm -hmm. So you're just spinning your wheels. And let's not forget too, if people are buying a new home, let's say a first-time home buyer putting 5% down, they also have a 4% CMHC premium added to that mm-hmm. mortgage. So they're moving into the home with 1% equity and technically negative equity when you look at mm-hmm. legal fees and closing costs and so on. So you need to be paying down your principal. You can't just be floating, spinning your wheels. And you know, then if the homes do take a dip, then what, you're at 110% loan to value for your mortgage or more. Um, so, you know, that's something to consider too, is making sure that you're in a position, as you said, Dave, where you're, if you're putting, you know, if you're going to your max capacity currently and you're putting 5% down, like you need to make sure that you've had those conversations. You are, you know, you do have cash flow every month. So you can maybe prepay that pay mortgage more or make a larger down payment just to give yourself that buffer. So you're not ever going to be in a position where, you know, you're in a negative equity state and the bank can come and say, Hey, we, you know, we want this house now. Thanks. Thank you, bank. Mm-hmm. Come and take my house. <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to happen? I don't, man. You know, I know what you're saying, but it's like, you're, you're right. You just have to really pay attention to what's going on and understand your circumstances. Hmm. But like I said earlier, it's, it's temporary. All of this is temporary. Like you're not going to be, if you're in a situation right now, I believe anyways, if you're in a situation right now where you're stuck and you're paying interest only and you're freaking Mm -hmm. out it's like you really have to look at that because if you are doing that just understand how long you're going to be doing that for and just it will it will change i mean i think it'll change anyways because as we've said before if it keeps going then the country will be bankrupt and it'll make absolutely no sense to anyone so it's just one it's a shift it's just a shift it's a new thing that's happening right now and that's where we're at. You just and, have to and pay attention. And, and I think to that point, like it's a new thing for first-time home buyers. Yes. People that are like, you know, are at their late 30s and, and late 40s that this is something that hasn't happened uh, when Fair. they've owned a home. And so yeah. it's new and it's scary. And being like having to be budget conscious or where you started if you got into a mortgage even in 2018 or 2019 Hmm. your rate was three percent and so you saw and you were jealous of your friends that got a place during covid at two percent and then coming out of it you're like oh shit like this like how the frig am i gonna make this payment it's challenging it's scary it's tumultuous but throughout time you weather that storm and and get through it and kind of rosier days yeah. on, like yeah. at the other end um but i think it's you know to me it's really something that we just haven't gone through like anywhere from the early 20s to you know anyone that's basically i mean hell we're all 40 and, and 50 and haven't gone through this before uh let alone anyone younger than us so So it's like i said it's a new thing there's a lot of new things happening it's 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 happened before but not in the same way yeah i mean it's like i'm on my place i'm paying like silly amount but i'm already a year in now on three years so it's like you know i was just i committed to three years and it's fine i'm already a year done 
Mm-hmm. Now I know what's up and I know the values where it's at and everything's okay. But it's challenging people just call, talk, you know, learn. That's what I was gonna, that's what I was gonna say. And we said it before, uh, before we took our hi- hiatus, Paul and I were saying like, if you think you're going to have issues or you're currently having issues with payments, with your budget, speak to your mortgage professional of what your options are. You might be at a payment, like that variable payment, but there are ways in which you can still minimize that and lower it. And so work with things. Maybe it is means consolidating, like consolidating a car loan into stuff where it Mm kind of seems like you're growing your debt from or mortgage debt, but it actually is helping your cash flow. Um, And so just, you know, really be vocal ahead of time with, with those professionals around you to, to analyze and and not just wait until you're like up the Creek. Yeah. And the worst, and the worst thing is, I mean, it's classic human nature, like probably more so in North America than anywhere else. Maybe I'm wrong, but we just wait until it's too late. You know, <laughs> you don't have those conversations. Don't wait until it's too late. <laughs> But it's just, it's a trait that, you know, humans, we, we generally do. We don't want to attack it. We don't want to know. We think everything's going to be okay. And then it's not. And you waste time thinking, waking up, you know, oh my God. And then you just don't do it. Take action. Take fucking action. Let's go. <laughs> there, I, I do feel like there are a lot of conversations happening. Like I think people are, and Greg, you mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Like it is, you know, July, midsummer, people are moving, traveling, camping Mm -hmm. you know surfing um so you know people are people are people are i think having those conversations and that's why i think we're going to see like the fact that the market is with everything that's happening rates continuing to go up and seeing stagnant home price like not even stagnant like at par home prices for june and may i think that's a sign of the resilience of the market like i think we will see we'll see i guess you know what time will tell but i think you know the if the prices stay where they are, it's likely due to the current summer months being Mm -hmm. what they are. And then I think September, we're going to start seeing prices go up again. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a January seller. You know what I mean? I think January is the best time to sell Mm -hmm. less, even less supply. uh, And you just fire, you know, just fire. Yeah. Christmas seller. (laughs) Best time. Wine seller would be the best. Christmas seller. seller. I could go find a wine seller right Tonight. now. I wouldn't mind that. Wine seller is the number Tonight. one. <laughs> yeah. uh, any other questions? Anyone tuning in? Fire us your questions. If you're listening to this after the fact, certainly uh, post your questions in the in the comments and we'll we'll get back on. And we're back Monday. We're going to be recording Mondays, releasing shows on Tuesdays. Oh. Um, we, we got a question that is just hmm. a doozy. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's just looking to fire us up. He doesn't want us to leave. DH. Fire us up. DH. What? What are your? What are top of your list for ways to improve, not fix, just improve Canada's housing <laughs> situation? Who wants to go first? The doozy. Uh, I'll take the bull by the horns. Um, at the end of the day, we've said it numerous times, supply is an issue. Continuous supply, it's going to continue being a supply issue so long as we are uh, have basically an open-door immigration policy, which immigration is great, but at the numbers that we're bringing in right now without the housing there to support and the affordable housing to support, uh, we are going to be screwed and the federal at the federal level does not speak to the provincial or the municipal level. And at the end of the day, to push housing through, you require uh, private enterprise developers to develop. And until it comes streamlined at the municipal level to streamline yeah. and get permits and get building supply, get get properties built uh, in an efficient and cost-effective manner, then it's going to continue being an issue for housing. Um, at the level of uh, where we're at for cost and to put that into, to put cost into concept, context for permits, building permits in Toronto for a single family home is $110,000. In Ottawa, yeah. in Ottawa, you're looking at about $60,000. That is for a single family home. You're talking, yeah. if you're on, if you're on condos or rentals, sorry, rentals, 
you're at about five, 15,000 per unit for one bedroom. You're about 20,000 for two bedrooms. So somebody building before getting into renting it out, before getting into architectural fees, uh, cash in lieu of parkland, any of these others. For a 24 unit, you're talking half a million dollars out of pocket before you've broken ground. And that's before architecturals, that's before studies, that's before anything else. So you're massively in the hole. So reducing cost to developers is going to be huge to build supply and build affordable supply because people, we can build, we can build places for people to live, but if we're building places for people to live, that is just astronomically high. It's not helping anyone, especially those million people that we just brought in last year or half a million people that we just brought in this year. And that's going to grow going forward. So the feds need to speak to the province that need to speak to municipality that need to speak to and talk to private developers because government is not building anything. They can't effectively and efficiently yeah. cost effectively build anything. Um, and that's proven at everything they do in every level of, you know, even changing a light bulb. And that sounds ridiculous, but when you look at what has to be sent out on the government level for an RFP to get in a contractor to change a light bulb in somewhere and it costs yeah. hundreds of dollars to change yeah. a light bulb because they have to send it out to four contractors that know that they have a budget that between it below a certain threshold, they can just sign off on it and who gives a shit and they don't care about their jobs, like the, what they oversight. They're not looking to cut money in their roles in the Fed. No or the province or, or anything like that, they just sign off on it. And so you've, it becomes a, a vicious cycle, but um, it really becomes like, how do you fix it? It's, there are so many ways in which it needs to be addressed that it's not one area. Sorry for no, the rant. And, and <laughs> no, and, and, you know, the other thing that a lot of people don't consider is that like the average age of uh, the general contractor, I believe, or like, you know, people working in this industry are, is about, uh, I think it's, is it 40 years old now? So, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to be exiting that career path of working in the home building business. And the number of people coming in that want to actually do that is very limited. Even if, even with immigrants, people don't want to do this kind of work. A lot of people just don't generally want to do it. So I feel that in the future, in the coming future, there's going to be way more Pre, uh, prefab homes built in the factory, the developers will buy land and then it'll just be like a prefab lot. They'll build it in the factory and they'll, they'll bring it in and, the, and they'll put it up because there's not as many actual workers that want to work because we're in a new era, you know, technology work over labor and the laborers, uh, the people that are, you know, able laborers that might be coming uh, through immigration, they don't want to do it either. They did it where they came from. They can't, they come here, they don't want to do it. So that's another thing that I see as a big change in, in Canada's housing situation specifically. I don't know when that's going to happen, but if you follow, you know, if you follow some of the new technology and everything, I think prefab homes are definitely going to be uh, a goldmine for a lot of people. And it's going to be much more affordable for uh, for many home buyer, buyers it could be like it could be a big shift in the market that's my opinion on that Deep. 3d homes <laughs> Stephen said print print more homes not money yeah, yeah. yeah. hold on we so, so gabriel gabriel rio rios uh, had a question that uh yeah we did we didn't we didn't address do you see the price of homes going up in the outskirts of ottawa too like carlton place stitzville they already are stitzville ashton they already are going up but you're going to get way more value out there than you will within the city. When you say Ashton, if you want to live out there, I would absolutely 100% go buy out there. You know, one of the companies that we met with the other day, BLD, like they're, you know, they're building fabulous homes out there. It's yeah, the model homes open now. BLD not to homes. say that they're cheap, but, you know, you, you can get something nice out there. And, you know, when you're buying out in the, in the outskirts, you're going to go through the fluctuations as well. But in the end, if you're living in your paradise, if you don't want to live in the city, by all means, uh, go, go, go that route. You're going to get way more bang for your buck for sure, but they will go up. Yes. Just put the uh, link in the chat. Produ- producer, Steve, don't print link money, print chats. homes. Don't print I money, print it. homes, right? It's true though. Man, that, really print awesome. that, that is a, a great summary of how to improve that. Canadian housing situation. Don't print yeah. money, print homes. But it's true. They don't, there's the workers don't want to do it 
or that you know they or they're not paid enough plus with the the you know the taxes situations it's like there's a lot of great homes now that are being built prefab just put dropped on lots all different mm-hmm. styles and you can help build it yourself you can pay a hundred thousand dollars find the lot put it up you know depends on what you need but that's going to be a big thing soon mm-hmm. yeah i agree love you guys <laughs> i feel like it's been a little while it has it's this been is a long a, time this is actually great this is a very like uh, i don't i don't even know what this show was tonight it was just it was a like, conversation it's basically I, just a catch-up it, it, catch it, it was a catch-up but it was it was very serious i, I said this, to somebody it was today very we, serious tonight we went 136 episodes without a week off no yeah. no we took a break last summer did, did we? we yeah we took three weeks two or three weeks last summer really sure. don't lie yeah. no don't. we did for sure steven um paul would know i suppose steven oh, he know. says yes, yes. <laughs> damn it i don't remember that i know i can what tell you exactly what weeks they were no no wow. um <laughs> yeah no i don't know if we talked about this or if it was i can't remember if i sent it in our chat or if i actually talked about it in the last episode but when you're talking about the it must have been in our chat because it's been a while but when the new mayor of toronto came in she basically said that she was going to build twenty five thousand homes i think i sent you guys this good for her and and she was going to uh, do it so that it was uh, completely government funded so she wouldn't have to pay you know the permits uh, any of the uh, basically any of the fees that you would require to build a home privately she's just going to skip all that just to make it easier to build those homes so that's yeah. very nice nice of her to do that well you know what if, <laughs> if I, don't, that's I don't think 20... we want the government controlling the actual builds you know what i mean it's one thing uh, if we've seen how they manage most things no offense to any hardworking yeah. government employees they'll, that are there'll be a, they'll, there will be an incident but it would be challenging for them to manage those projects i yeah. would imagine the i think um yeah if, if they can if, if they can accomplish that and build twenty five thousand affordable housing units under a hundred billion dollars because that's what basically that will cost on the government level <laughs> yeah, allocated a, a billion yeah. per home. Bill. Godspeed. <laughs> and guess where that'll come from, gentlemen? You you just wonder how sometimes they just like I'm gonna do this, and then they get offline, and someone goes like, "What? What did you just say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, how many? What homes? was that? What? Like, how did you? What? Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. Well, gentlemen, should we uh, jump into some mood boosts? Oh shit, mood boost. Yes, please, Paul. Do you have these? <laughs> you know, yes, I'll throw some mood boost your way. And if you have any other questions, uh throw them in the chat. Mood boost. Number one, I picked four out. I had a couple to choose from, but these are my favorite, somewhat real estate related as well. Uh, number one, what did Mariah Carey say when her boyfriend bought her an undeveloped patch of land for Christmas? I'm not going to sing it, but I don't want a lot for Christmas. Oh. <laughs> oh. Thanks, but no thanks. That was terrible. <laughs> I kind of Number like two, well. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, household debts in Canada, what do you call a man in debt? Owen. Owen. Mm. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> He's yeah. Owen. That's Owen. Uh, I can't believe, number three, I can't believe someone broke into my house and stole all my fruit. I'm now peachless. Mm. Mm. No, summer peaches, mm. summer. Didn't hit. And uh, last but not least, and our man ran into a real estate agency and shouted, nobody move. <laughs> no? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was so dumb. It was funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, God. It also reminded me, Paul, of those, the, 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 two videos that we were sharing that uh of the guy running into like rob a place and just nobody cared oh yeah like, just ignored him and he was just like what and just, just left eating. just <laughs> ducked out like hmm, i could just leave now and nobody nobody will notice i don't get arrested that's what that reminded me of yeah he, he had an just went about getting their getting their nails done and didn't care <laughs> anyways so lots happening in the markets we'll be here every week we're back now yeah, we're, we're back. back in the we're saddle back. And uh, that's it. Follow us. Subscribe. We love Sad- you. This is usually where Steve cuts us Saddle off. Saddle up, suckers. Saddle up. 
because it's going to uh, be a bumpy road. End of 2023, I think it'll be very interesting. We're going to see, you know, we'll see where home prices go. Next week, I think we make official predictions for the end of 2023. I think we made mm. predictions at the beginning of this year, so we should see where we sit. I think we were saying mm. rates might even come down at this point, so I have to put my foot in my mouth potentially, but we'll... Uh, actually, no, I think I said it'll come down a quarter point by the end of the year, which is looking very unlikely. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. We'll see possible crazy I, time i like dh's comment i'm a government employee no offense taken oh You're right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right gentlemen yes. we'll see who pushes the button next and we'll talk about that see you later deuces deuces thanks for tuning in everyone we hope you enjoyed today's episode Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.